Hello and welcome. My name is Caroline Saul, partner at Osborne Clark. In my role as lead for the Funding the Transition to a Low Carbon Future stream, I have had the privilege of speaking to a number of leaders in the green economy, and this episode is no different. In this episode of In Conversation With, I speak to Keith Wilson, Head of Renewable Energy at Virgin Media. Keith and I had a great conversation surrounding the role of climate tech and the impact of the energy transition on infrastructure lending. Following our recent report with Economist Impact, looking at technologies enabling decarbonisation within the built environment, it is great to hear about real-world examples surrounding some of these technologies and the importance of education in this space. I hope you enjoy. Keith, many thanks for joining me today. Um, before we start our discussion, please could you introduce yourself and describe your role? Sure, uh, Caroline, uh, happy to happy to do that and thanks for having me on. Uh, I head up the energy lending team within Virgin Money. Um, so our, our focus within that team is lending to kind of infrastructure projects um, with a focus on the energy transition uh, and with a focus on the mid-market. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And so looking at looking at decarbonisation generally, so what opportunities has the focus on decarbonisation over the past few years presented to Virgin Money? In, in particular, do you now find yourselves more wedded to clean tech financing, for example, having witnessed both COP26 and the agreement of the Glasgow breakthroughs in the bank's sort of home of the headquarters? Um, or were you already ahead of the curve in advancing monies to these sort of low carbon projects? Sure. Um, there's, yeah, there's, so there's quite there's quite a lot in there, and um, I'll maybe just sort of start by taking a little bit of a, a, a kind of step back, um, if if that's okay, and covering some of kind of what's happened in in, in history um, within my organisation, if that's all right. So, um, and don't don't quote me on the exact um, <laughs> dates, and you know these are by no means the kind of the only the only milestones. But um, if I start 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 back in two thousand and nineteen. Um, the bank signed up to the UN's principles for responsible banking. And then in 2021, um, we joined the Net Zero Banking Alliance. <clears throat> and also in 2021, um, we went through a process of kind of re refreshing and I think also, let's say, strengthening our ESG strategy. Um, and the details of our ESG strategy you can find in the front of our annual report. And um, uh, it is genuinely worth a, a read because there's a lot of information in there. Um, but it now includes a broad range of goals, just by way of summary. So we, you know, covering the impact of our operation, covering the impact of our lending activities, the way that we interface with customers and communities, and also the culture of the organisation. And where I think we've made most progress in recent years, um, or in recent times rather, has just been around culture. Has been around that kind of fourth fourth pillar of our strategy. Um, ESG, uh, sustainability, and also kind of decarbonisation. It's really very much part of the kind of the day-to-day -day dialogue within the organisation, um, and uh, that's a really significant change, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, more specifically on the kind of the lending side, um, that strategy uh, has, you know, it's effectively kind of identified a number of specific goals, and I would probably just point to, to three of them. Um, the first, and this kind of follows directly from the Net Zero Banking Alliance, um, is that we're planning to reduce the, our, our kind of financed emissions by 50% uh, by 2030. And that's an interim target. Beyond that, of course, we're trying to get to net zero by 2050. 
Uh, we also have a target of um, getting, uh, you know, 10% of all business lending um, within what we're calling sustainable leading businesses by FY27. And for context, we're about 4% today. Um, and I think the other thing worth pointing out um, is that climate risk is now being considered um, as a part of all material lending applications. Um, so, so kind of jumping back to your, your, your question slightly, you know, what opportunities um, has the focus on decarbonisation offered the organisation? Well, I think it's offered us an opportunity to kind of, let's say, we kind of refresh and refocus our ESG strategy um, and also kind of within the context of lending highlight some, let's say, specific and ambitious ambitious targets. Um, has the COP26 um, uh, conference and the Glasgow Breakthrough um, you know, kind of been significant milestones on our journey. No, I don't think they have been. If I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, I think we were on that journey all, already. Um, but clearly, they're, they're, they're welcome developments. I think maybe fair to say that they kind of reaffirm um, or reassure us about our interest in this sector. Um, but it certainly existed long before either of those events took place. Um, but I guess also having that kind of commitment, and it is a commitment rather than just a a target. Um, it's also helpful in other ways in terms of kind of resource planning and also in the conversations that we we, we have with our customers and our prospects about our kind of I guess our long-term um, aspirations for for this sector. Um, so I appreciate there's kind of a lot in a lot in there and you maybe want to kind of ask me some questions back but uh, as I say you know on your final point are, are we ahead of the, the curve? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say that um, but I'm a guy that works in front office and is you know is here to kind of lend money so um i'm always going to say that we could be doing more but you know at the same time I, I think we're doing okay and i think we're kind of well set up for the next phase of the energy transition no that that's fantastic a fantastic overview um thank you sort of virgin money's a, a approach to this and, and what you're what you're already doing and where, where you're hoping to go i mean you talked there about um sort of a bottom-up change in regards to esg and sustainability and what we've sort of discussed before and we're aware of is that many of us that are in senior roles, although we've been looking at decarbonisation over the past of you know few years, maybe even a decade, we weren't trained in looking at things from a sustainability perspective. It didn't necessarily form a key, if, if any, role in our education or training coming through to this position. I mean, this is a widely acknowledged problem. We have people like the you know, Charter Banker Institute, Green Finance Institute, that are trying to educate the, the financial services industry around um, sustainability in um, financial products, um, but how have you managed your team to ensure that they are either arriving at your team um, with the relevant knowledge or appropriately upskilling to achieve these targets you've set for yourself? Sure. Um, so this this is a this this is a great question, um, and there's also kind of quite quite, quite a lot I could say in response to it but you know sp starting specifically around my my team then because that's what you've you've asked me um primarily yeah i guess the, the context for here for me is that energy and energy lending in the bank is done within a dedicated team so the people that um that i manage and that work alongside me do nothing other than lending to clean energy projects um and why is it? Why does that? Why does that matter? Well, I guess coming with our our focus on the sector as a level of personal interest in decarbonisation, 
and in sustainability. Um, and that helps a lot. And I think in, to a certain extent, it substitutes for more kind of formal lending, uh, sorry, more formal training, which we have done some of, but equally, I think we could probably benefit from doing more of. Um, we also learn a lot on the on, on the job. Um, and we also, I guess, I think fair to say, get a lot of support from um, those who advise us through transactions. So commercial advisors, um, legal advisors, um, I think that's kind of particularly important as we seek to kind of grow our business, if you like, and kind of push into to, to kind of new areas, which we'll inevitably need to do in order to continue to grow our book. Um, I think it would be fair to say that, um, you know, I would agree with you that the energy market is um, is evolving and the requirements in this space on um, on lenders are different to what to, to what they used to be. Um, I think it's also becoming a more complex environment uh, and in some respects a more a, a more kind of risky environment so that kind of training piece and that support that we get from those that advise us through transactions whilst always important has always been important I think it's going to be critical going forwards um, more generally in relation to, to, to training um, there are now within the organization uh, sustainability and ESG training Mod, um, modules. Um, they were kind of rolled out last year. Um, I think actually to a certain extent um, there was a requirement to, um, to, to complete them. Um, so but you know it would be fair to say that there is kind of ESG and sustainability training available to anyone within the organisation who who is interested in it. Um, I guess the other point I wanted to make is that within a banking context I, I, I don't think that 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 kind of uh, the issue of training or kind of um, or, or education um, stops um, at the boundaries of your your organisation. I think we've also got a role to play um, in the way that we kind of um, that we interact with our with our customers. Um, we did uh, during last year, I think it was, launch um, what's called a sustainable business coach, um, which is accessed via a, an app. Um, and the purpose of the sustainable business coach is to allow businesses, and they don't necessarily need to be customers, um, it could be those who are just interested in, in, in working with us or in sustainability more generally, uh, to understand their sustainability goals, um, to assess their performance against those goals, um, and to give them some guidance on how to approve, how, you know, how the actions that they could take in order to kind of improve their performance if you like um, and I think that's kind of part of a you know that's an important part of the the bank's kind of contribution to the the educational part of um of, of the kind of the sustainability and decarbonization agenda I think there are some I'll maybe just kind of pause there for a second um I think there are some gaps and there are some areas where we would benefit from more let's say kind of background knowledge but I can I can come back and talk to those if, if you'd like me to Yes, yes, that, that 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 would be fantastic. Thank, thank you. So, okay, so should we just talk a bit about the technologies then that, that you you mentioned before? I mean, you, you mentioned about having uh, different technologies and 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 uh, different sort of lending products coming out of your team. I mean, sure. when identifying those sort of technologies that that are coming through, what again, what what training or what um, updates are you giving to your team to ensure efficient horizon scanning within that yeah. team? So. So as, as as I said at the the, the top of the call, um, you know my, my my focus as kind of head of energy is on is primarily on the infrastructure space. Um, 
And I think it would be, you know, be entirely fair to say that infra lending isn't at the, the vanguard of technological uh, progress. It tends to work better uh, with mature and reliable technologies, um, you know, but at the same time, and not to kind of undersell us, um, if you were to review our back book, um, you would see an evolution, um, uh, particularly in the last, you know, particularly in the last few years, you know, so, you know, kind of long story short, the bank st started its interest in uh, clean energy projects by lending to hydro projects. And, um, you know, that interest dates back more than, you know, more than a decade. Um, and from there to wind and, uh, and solar, and in recent years, we've expanded further um, into other technology, including anaerobic digestion, you know, biomass, heat pumps, and also kind of flexible generation. So um, I think it would be fair to say that over time we have moved up the, the technology risk curve. Um, and I think the other part of our business that's changed in that period is just simply that we're being asked to take more, more market risk. Um, so as I say, whilst I don't think infra lending is is kind of generally um, the vanguard of technological progress, um, I do think there is an evolution amongst our, you know, the, way, the, the kind of the way that we approach this sector, um, particularly over the recent years. But in you know, more specifically on your question, in terms of anticipating market developments, um, a part of my role, I guess, is to spend some time monitoring government policy. Um, I think that acts as an early indicator of, of, of kind of where markets are going to go um, and following from that where financing requirements are, are going to go. Um, you know, we track carefully the industry press, we attend conferences and, and, and events. Um, and the other thing that we do is just, you know, regularly engage in dialogue with customers and prospects in order to kind of understand their strategies um, and what they are looking to achieve within the medium term. Um, and I guess bringing all that together, um, if we identify a, a, an area of interest, let's say that you you, you know would, you would consider to be new, then you know we commit more time to educating and upskilling. Um, we go through a process of amending our, our, our business plan and consulting with our external stakeholders, um, and then after that we come to to market um, with a sense for you know kind of what a good deal looks like, if you like, um, and then we go looking for you know, for lending opportunities. And, you know, and I can, I can understand if all of that sort of sounds like it's quite uh, kind of protracted, but, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's worked well um, in the past for us. And as I, as I say, infra lending, um, whilst it does move, it doesn't, it, it doesn't move all that fast. Um, and I think it also, also fair to say that the, the kind of the pace of changes, uh, particularly within our organisation, is, is increasing. I think we've changed more in the last two years than we did in the in the five years previous to that. No, fantastic. And then just just on that sort of the, the, the pace of change, and you've just talked about moving up the technology risk <clears throat> curve as well. You've mentioned a lot about what the bank is doing regarding its expectations of how its teams <clears throat> engage with the market and also to the measures it's putting in place. You've talked about your um, sort of ESG strategy and the sustainable uh, business coach that you've put in place for customers. So all those are things that the bank is proactively doing. But have you received any pressure from sort of current or prospective clients to lend more freely to green projects or implement other ESG criteria within your financial products? Is there, is there anything that they're demanding that you've kind of had to catch up with as well? Um, I, I don't. Yeah, I would. I, I wouldn't say that uh, anyone is is demanding 
um, of us. I mean, the yeah, the no, the normal requirements are are more 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 debts or high, higher gearing <laughs> and uh, and uh, and a lower margin. And I think those apply across the board and not just you know specifically to you know to kind of decarbonisation. Um, but at the, you know at the same at, at the same time, um, you know we are building a product suite. We are building a you know a kind of a, a group of products that are focused or have been developed with kind of ESG and climate in mind. Um, and I think it would be fair to say that those are uh, to a certain extent at least you know responses to you know to, to the demand from customers, if you like. Um, and you know just to give you a quick summary, we have a. Uh, an agri-focused product, um, which we plan to to launch in May of this year. Um, the long-form title is the uh, Environment and Efficiency uh, Loan, or the E-Loan, uh, for short. So this is a product that's designed to encourage, um, you know, kind of carbon reduction investment, let's say, within the agricultural sector. Um, and I think that's a notable development from the bank's perspective because agri-lending um, you know, out with mortgages um, is is the bank's largest sector. Um, we were also the first bank to offer sustainability-linked loans um, last year. Uh, that's a corporate finance initiative, um, and we and we did that in partnership with a company called Future Fit. Um, and the idea here is that prospective customers complete Future Fit's uh, sustainability survey or questionnaire, and if the score um, at or above a certain level then they're, they're, you know they're able to access uh, reduced cost finance um, we also launched a green mortgage product um, last year um, so I guess kind of whilst there is a whilst it's still a relatively um, small ESG or climate related product set I think it's fair to say that it that it is growing and that it will continue to grow um, in the future um, but specifically in the context of, of, of my team and infralending, um, I wouldn't say that we're under any particular pressure from clients to lend more, more freely, or as I say, not, not, not any more pressure than we are normally under. Um, but then I would say that at the same time that the volume of opportunity that we see at the moment is just substantial. There's just an, you know, an incredible amount of projects seeking to raise um, finance um, you know, to build out, to, you know, to kind of build out infrastructure projects. Um, but in terms of customer expectations, I think the expectations that really, that, that kind of fall on us and, and my team is that we are, let's say, kind of upskilled and educated in the market, that we understand, um, you know, our customers' businesses and the markets that they, that they operate in. Um, and I think they also expect us to be clear on what we can um, and can't do, you know, at the outset of a, of a financing process um, and I think that they also expect us to be in the market for the long term um, and as I say my view would be that we, we, we kind of measure up okay I think pretty well actually against those uh, against those requirements um, you know specifically on the subject of kind of ESG criteria within loan documents um, there aren't uh, you know, we have we, we haven't kind of got to that point yet. Our our info loan book doesn't include uh, any ESG uh, criteria, but we are open to that. Uh, I expect it will. I expect it will come. Um, and I have seen it used by other other lenders. Um, 
I think the challenge with including ESG criteria within loan documents is really just around kind of um, you know reaching agreement on on what exactly you're trying to incentivize um, you know and kind of agreeing what the benchmark level of performance is and then you know how do you measure against that performance yep. you know and these are all you know these are all challenges but I've, I've absolutely no doubt that they can be they can be overcome um, but as I say to this to this point there's you know, we haven't included any ESG criteria within our loan documents, but we are open to. Yeah, great. Th thank you. And so just we just talked then about the volume of opportunities that, that are coming up um, and very much taking on board what you said earlier about infrastructure funding rather than sort of clean tech financing. Um, but but taking all that um, into regard, I mean, which are there any green technologies in particular that you are following closely and excited to see coming through to the, the, the debt funding stage or, or in which your energy team can be involved in uh, in some sort of project? Yeah, so it's maybe, maybe worth me um, saying at this point that, you know, the bank's, the bank's interest, if you like, in supporting the energy transition isn't limited to just infrastructure lending. Um, so we do also have a a, um, a growth finance team and whilst that team is sector neutral um, it would also be fair to say that they have supported a number of businesses that are um, themselves involved in supporting the energy tran tran transition um, you know and just to you know to give you a bit of a, a, a flavor um, we, we we have through the growth finance team supported a grid management software platform. Um, we've supported uh, an asset, asset management software business. Um, we've supported uh, a business that's involved in sustainability reporting and environmental accounting. Again, it's doing that through a technology platform. Uh, and most recently, we supported a business that provides micro um, mobility uh, transport solutions, which include bikes and bikes and e-bikes. Um, so there's really quite a kind of an interesting mix there and um, I think maybe the you know certainly the activities of that team give me a sense for what infra funding might look like in the in, in the future but as I say I think maybe the key point out of, of, of that is that the bank's interest in supporting the energy transition um, includes its growth finance offering and not just its infrastructure finance offering um, but coming back to your coming back to your question um, it's really a kind of a hard one to it's a hard one to answer. I think energy storage is an interesting space uh, for infra lenders. And, um, you know, some might say, well, that's not new technology. We've had lithium ion batteries for a long time. Um, but I certainly think there is an element of new to it, you know, to use them in order, you know, to kind of support the grid and provide stability is definitely a new application. Uh, and there are certainly some unknowns um, about how those assets will perform over over time um, and also you know kind of what substitute products might become uh, might become available as that technology inevitably improves um, so I think that's really where um, you know that, that, that is one space where I think infrastructure gets close to kind of uh, supporting kind of new um, but equally there are ways to lend to those technologies um, through flex, you know, so through flexing lending structures, um, through focusing around sponsor choice and and doing other doing other things, um, there has been a flurry of lending activity in that space in the last twelve months, and I, you know, I fully expect um, that we will be kind of joining that market uh, that market very soon. Um, but uh, beyond batteries, I think on, uh, you know, I think kind of on site or behind the meter projects, 
are really interesting. I pre appreciate there's not necessarily a, a, a kind of technological element to those, um, but I think they're an interesting, an interesting opportunity. Uh, and again, I expect that to be a kind of a, a key part of getting to, to, to net zero and an area where the bank will play with its infrastructure finance. I think in many respects, they, they, they suit us well um, because they require some kind of creativity, if you like, to the lending structures that, that are applied. I also happen to think district heating is a really interesting marketplace <laughs> simply because of its potential for growth and it's largely, you know, it's largely untapped to, to, to this point. And if we're to stand any chance of getting to net zero, then we need to we need to cap heat, don't we? Um, and transport and transport as well. But um, in terms of the kind of the earlier stage technologies, in a sense, I'm almost kind of reluctant to to, to pick one. I think the whole space looks really <laughs> looks really interesting. Um, uh, and you only kind of need to look at the, you know, the cost curve on solar projects to begin to appreciate what's possible when the correct, uh, you know, when the correct incentive mechanisms are are put in place. But if I had to pick one, I would pick green uh, green hydrogen. Um, you know, both the you know, kind of the EU government and the the UK government seem to be very focused on it. Um, the UK government, I think, has set a fairly ambitious target. Um, you know, five gigawatts of capacity by 2030, and it's also said that it's planning to make revenue contracts um, available. So that that to me is kind of starting to to feel like the sort of environment that will incentivize or provide the right incentives, if you like, that will see the kind of the cost of that technology come down and its reliability improve. Um, and I know that our growth finance team have already looked at uh, opportunities in that this you know in that space, and I wouldn't be surprised if we're if we're thinking about providing infra lending in that space, um, you know, at some point within the kind of within the kind of medium term. Um, but maybe just to kind of finish on on that point, I the, you know the bank does recognise that achieving net zero requires technological progress. We do genuinely understand that, um, and we will support where we where we can, uh, and that you know that doesn't make it easy, but it is I think. Uh, for me, at least, reassuring to be able to say that we, you know, we do have that joint product offering. If you like, we do have an infra um, product, and we do also have a growth finance product. Um, you know, and it's nice to be able to kind of say that you can sort of support the market in, in both of those ways, depending on what's appropriate. No, absolutely fantastic, and, and as you said, for, sort of follow the, the client through and provide that longevity to, to the clients for for funding um, potential. Um, no, fantastic. Thank you so much, Keith for that insight into how Virgin Money is funding decarbonisation and, and the journey to net zero. Um, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Uh, you're welcome, Caroline. Really enjoyed the conversation.